The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the July 2021 edition of Winners and Losers on the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to look back on the month and talk about some of the trends behind the biggest movers, shakers, and slackers in the SEO world. Joining us for Winners and Losers is Jordan Cooney, who is a SEO strategist and advisor to search metrics. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with my monthly sit down with Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor to search metrics. Jordan, welcome to Winners and Losers on the Voices of Search podcast. Ben, I'm so glad to be here. I'm starting to get into this habit of being on the Winners and Losers episodes. Uh, it's two months in a row, Winners and Losers. Uh, I, Jordan, we got a lot to cover. It's been a busy month in the SEO space. First off, you know, any big updates on your end? Well, Ben, do we have anyone else on this episode? What are you talking What's about? going on, guys? Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. T, what's <laughs> going on? Look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> Missed you guys. Thought I'd just uh, stop by. Dude, are you home? I am. I am. When did you get back into the country? Uh, I mean, who's to say? I, I've been back uh, doing the family time. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't be away from you guys that long. He missed us that much, Ben. Can you believe it? He had to crash my guest surprise party on winners and losers. Man, you have no luck. I, I, I heard something about like winners and ticers, and I was like, we need to set this straight, get it back to winners and coonies. We were just about to rename it from winners and coonies to winners and tysons, but I guess it's we'll we'll just roll with winners and losers because I can't insult you both at the same time. You might gang up on me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. We might just stop doing this with you, well, right? <laughs> gosh, guys, we're going to have to double team this episode now. I wasn't necessarily prepared for this, but 
Well, let's talk what happened in the SEO world. Who wants to go first? Jordan, you know, we expected to be talking to you today. Give me the overview of what happened this month in SEO. Well, Ben, yeah, I think, you know, we're, we have a lot of losers to cover. Big algorithm updates in the past month. So there's there's a lot of bloodshed that takes place during those that time period. And on the winner side, you know, we'll see what we can uncover. So Jordan... Tell me what happened. You mentioned we had the algorithm update. Just for anybody that hasn't been listening to the show, what were the algorithms? Because I'm guessing Tyson probably needs a refresher as well. Let me jump in on this because I've been uh-oh. I've been doing a little homework and you what? know, I was like, what's been going on the last couple months? So and Jordan, keep me honest if I missed anything during this. I certainly place. will. You better you better believe it. How is the internet reception in the Himalayas? <laughs> better than actually I'm not gonna lie, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's been a lot of catch up. Let's just call it that way. <laughs> All right, Tyson, fire away. What happened this month? All right, so I mean, let's actually go back because I think, at least from when I was kind of doing my homework and stuff, I was seeing that it's like great. We had the and I missed two algorithm updates here. So we had the one in June, started on the second, completed on the twelfth. Then they said, hey, it's going to come again in July. Then we had July first, which saying, hey, the next one was rolling out. And then again on the twelfth, rollout was complete. We also had the page experience that's been rolling out, won't be completed until end of August. And then there was also a two-parter or another two-parter with the spam update, which was June twenty-third and also on the twenty-eighth. So I think, one, there's a lot of noise going on. (laughs) Yeah, I was just about to say, let me quickly summarize here. Google launched 75 different updates. They launched them all out in micro fractions. And there's no way for us to understand what is causing changes in performance because they're launching everything at once in tiny little increments. Jordan, did I get it right? Yeah, it's kind of like predicting an earthquake. You never know when it's going to come. It's not predicting an earthquake. It's if there was an earthquake, a hurricane, a tsunami, (laughs) and a nuclear bomb that got dropped at the same time. But like in little pieces, in little places. And you're not really sure which one's which. I don't know. Just describing 2020 here. Like, (laughs) I thought we were past that year. Like, we, 2021, like, let's calm it down a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'm being a little dramatic. Maybe it's not that bad, but a lot of little stuff happening that ends up being the big stuff. So, Jordan, you mentioned that we saw a lot of losers. Uh, Before we get down to that, you know, who have we seen being a winner? Ah. I don't like starting with winners, but you know, if you make me do it, let's talk a little bit about it. I'd say the biggest winners in aggregate have been some of the larger brand players that had established content credibility, especially in the informational medical arena, places where Google really wants to be very deliberate about who ranks in some of these ambiguous search queries. And so what we've noticed is that sites like uh, WebMD or other sites that have had a strong historical brand reputation with the content they produce really surface to the top. Okay, so Google's trying to focus on, let's call it authority, reputation in some of the verticals that you know, require that sort of focus. They're trying to get less spammy content out of health. Tyson, I'll kick this over to you. Why do you think this is happening? And what do you think of the algorithm changes that Google made is causing the larger branded players in spots like health, I'm assuming finance is another one, to show up and and sort of outrank their previous competition? 
Yeah, I think as far as that goes, it's pretty similar to what we've seen with some of the previous algorithm updates or the core updates. And so with this one, I think there's two kind of, or a few different kind of themes within it. But one of them was what we saw before, which like kind of describing more of the, the categories or queries that would relate to like more of the EAT factors. So this certainly kind of throttled that up even further, which I think a lot of people kind of expected. And then the other area that we're seeing a fair amount of change again was more in like the identification of like query intent and seeing some shifts across like how Google was identifying what users were searching for on particular queries. And so you saw some kind of like big movements on some more general kind of like head terms as well. Okay, so we're seeing some of the EAT factors kick in. Jordan, is any of this related to the MUM update? Are we seeing sort of spammy content being pulled out from one country because there's a more authoritative source in another country that's taking its spot? Yeah, no question. So especially in big platform-based sites where they have a lot of multilingual content, websites like like Pinterest, for example, or even, even YouTube for that matter. What we're noticing is that Google, through their leveraging their artificial intelligence capabilities with MUM, they've been able to disambiguate certain scenarios where users are searching in one language and possibly seeing content or, or at least a site that's addressable to a different market or language. And so that has certainly been a, a big shift where, you know, say the, the Canadian version of a Pinterest site no longer is showing up in, in one market or the other or the French version of a site showing up in other markets or other regions. And the interesting thing about that isn't that there's massive traffic adjustments, but what it really does is it opens a door to new players who may have had a more difficult time displacing a large authoritative brand in those given markets. Not just on kind of like the Pinterest ones, but I think like in that exact same vein, you also saw it within some of the, like the larger e-commerce players. So like if you looked at the other countries for eBay, Amazon, Wayfair even, where it's like you saw like eBay.ca, Amazon.uk, eBay.uk, or co.uk, the Canadians, Australians. So it's like these different variations that are targeting those countries, which previously, not that they were ranking, obviously not even close to what like the .com was in the US, but there was a pretty substantial fallout of all those domains that are targeting a different English-speaking country that then dropped out on this one, which you know opens up kind of a little bit of room and a little bit of space for other players to move into it. So Tyson, you mentioned that e-commerce it was affected with internationalization. Were there other e-commerce players that were affected positively or negatively this month? Yeah, there was a fair amount of movement in kind of like the big 10 within e-commerce. So like Amazon was one of those. They're so head and shoulders kind of above everyone else. I don't think it's quite as interesting. But I'd say three that have followed a very similar kind of pattern for the increase from this last update was Target, Best Buy, and Wayfair. Target was the most pronounced and probably largest gain from that area. Um, and I would say as far as like overall percentage points go, they were probably the ones that gained the most from this algorithm update. But there was also kind of some mixed results and responses there where you didn't see everybody moving up or everybody moving down. But those were some of the top winners within e-commerce. So were there other verticals that were also positively affected? Have we seen anything in like media, publishing? Seems like those are... Were there other verticals that are known for... I guess having credibility problems. Have we seen any changes in like media, publishing, content? One, and I think it kind of highlights too, and if you dig into kind of like what are the queries that these websites are kind of moving on or having the most impact, it's 
some of those more general terms. And one that we talked about last year quite a bit at one of the core updates was Spotify. And they had a huge drop in visibility. A lot of it was coming from kind of lack of relevance on the general artist names. And so from that, what we saw this time around is a bit of a change from how Google's interpreting it. So if we look within kind of like music industry or within kind of like artists, song names, album names, things like that. Spotify had a massive increase. Um, so they actually regained more uh, visibility points than what they lost last year in the May update. And so they're back kind of at an all-time high. And then also you saw a few other players within the same space that had a similar jump. And one of those is Shazam that jumped up quite a bit. And with them, and if you're looking into like Again, what keywords and what queries, and also even like what directory within these sites. It's a lot of the artist directory, the song name directory, and also the album names that are increasing. So less on kind of the, hey, I want news on this, and more of I'm seeking out where do I listen to this song. And I think you also see a fair amount of that within YouTube as well. You know, Tyson, I'll add to that. I think this goes really neatly with the concept of like what Google is thinking is is a useful or authoritative player in these spaces. Because a lot of these informative, let's call them scrappy news sites, were, you know, siphoning traffic off of these head terms or their closely relevant head terms branded in terms of people's names and things and song names. But in reality, they weren't adding much value. They were selling ads and doing other things. So again, you know, the Shazams and the Spotify's of the world actually offer clear, articulate information about those artists and songs. And they're not trying to siphon an ad sale or, or some sort of other, you know, affiliate based model. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. I have questions about that because why is Google frowning upon people that are trying to support their businesses with ads knowing that Google supports their business with ads? Like ranking Spotify and ranking Shazam, a property owned by Apple, seems like it is maybe a better user experience because the credibility of those brands, but the model being supported by ads seems counterintuitive knowing that Google is the ad-supported player and Spotify and Apple, they're a subscription business and one of them is a 
a technology platform? So Ben, I mean, this is a really good question and it's one that can be debated till the cows come home. But the reality is that Google has made it very clear and and has delineated in terms of how much of an ad-supported experience or affiliate-based experience they're willing to tolerate. And many of these players are crossing that line, right? And so I think that Google wants to be very intentional about what kind of experience their users are going to receive and they're going to protect it. They're going to protect that real estate. And if and if you've got 17 ads on a page and you've got pop-ups and you've got quote requests or email request type experiences, they're going to come down on that pretty quick now. And that's part of this algorithm update. I think too, like for me, it's it's less on the ad and more of what you were hitting on with like the intent of the query. And so I think with a lot of those, it's reasonable to assume like I'm searching for a song. I want to listen to that song. So showing like whether it's a streaming service, a video platform, whatever like getting me to a point that I can listen to that song is satisfying the user intent. And I think you also saw within kind of the social media space where people are searching for different like celebrity names, things like that. You saw almost the exact same increase across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn that wasn't nearly as dramatic. Like I think like the most amplified is within those like Shazam Spotify's. But you see this slow kind of increase over the last six weeks across all of those social media websites. And that even though they're not at the same level, but it's like the percentage increases of that were quite similar. And I think that also falls into the what is the intent by searching for an artist name or something like that. And it probably also helps too that you have kind of the fallout of some of the international websites. I think if you if you assume that Google is looking out for their users, then saying, okay, if you're looking for an artist or a song, providing a platform where they can listen to that song, that's the best user experience that makes sense. On the media and publishing side where they're potentially restricting people that have a lot of ads. I mean, to me, if I was putting on Conspiracy Ben's hat, Google is basically punishing providers that are ad supported, which potentially makes more space for the brands that they are you know, helping run their ads. I want to see this conspiracy theory at like I'm envisioning it being like out of tinfoil or something. But like, I, think, I think we're going to need to see that on the podcast. I think there's a string also between two cans, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, right. That's that's how I prefer to do typical communication with Ben on these. I love it when both of you two are on this podcast. Let's talk about some of the losers this month. Jordan, we'll go over to you. Uh, Tell me who was affected negatively by some of the Google algorithm updates. Yeah, so I think this is a great place to start where Tyson left off in terms of describing what's happened in this past month. And there are a variety of changes that took place. It, It is a storm of not just a broad core update, but there's also been various changes to the SERP like how Google displays information to the SERP. And even just recently, we had some changes in terms of the number of FAQs that they're going to show for a site. They're they're limiting that now to two FAQs uh, per listing on the SERP. And really what Google has done in this past month is reshape the way that the SERP real estate is utilized. And so one of the biggest losers through this has been YouTube. And YouTube has seen a dramatic fall in terms of its presence in the SERP because Google's just deprioritized video within the SERP. Honestly, I think it was way overdue. Google had given a lot of priority and precedence, especially to branded high search volume queries uh, to YouTube and YouTube assets. But quite frankly, many of those results just didn't need videos or, or really just had irrelevant options for users. So that's one of the biggest losers for sure. 
Yeah, I think looking at losers too, like one, a few that I thought were kind of interesting and it wasn't necessarily like overall industries, but it was like within one industry or two competing websites where you saw very different responses to this algorithm update. And so three that I just kind of wanted to look at was one, you have the Wayfair and Overstock kind of battle. And both of them had a pretty negative impact from the December core update. And then on this one, you actually saw Wayfair gain back quite a bit of visibility and Overstock kind of flat lost a little bit. But I think that one was kind of interesting. And then you also look within e-commerce as well. There was a kind of reverse response between Walmart and eBay. There's been this kind of battle. We've been talking about it, how eBay kind of solidified or got back their number two spot. So there was actually a switch there where eBay dropped a bit, Walmart increased. And then I think the most interesting or kind of most pronounced example of this was with hotels.com versus booking.com, where both websites, again, saw pretty dramatic fallout from the December core update. And then on this update, so they're falling and mirroring for about the last like 12 months or so as far as overall performance goes. And then on this one, it's like literally a mirror of booking.com dropping, hotels.com increasing. And so those have been kind of battling back and forth there. Well, hang on a second. That for the last twelve months, hotels and booking dot com have been, you know, dropping kind of systematically and in lockstep with each other. Isn't that a function of well, you know, the world not booking hotels and now it's starting to come back? I wouldn't say so, because if you look actually at the visibility of both websites throughout, especially the second half of 2020, both were gaining quite a bit of traction. And just because people couldn't travel doesn't mean people aren't constantly searching, hey, where can I go? What is it safe? Like those type of things, people are kind of daydreaming more of like, when I can travel, what's my next trip going to be? So we actually saw both domains increase right up until the December core update. And so both websites were at an all-time high kind of end of November last year, and then had a pretty substantial hit. Then they kind of were just riding through this year. And then we saw again, the big change where it's like up and down one hotels going up, bookings going down. Tyson, are you uh, speaking from personal experience here or research and data? I mean, both. Like I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. looking at the visibility graph. <laughs> Tyson, you know, it's funny that you mention losers being in the travel segment, because I think as we round into form, we're going to skip the winners this month and and talk about our biggest losers. How does it feel to be coming back into work after taking two months off? Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like I, I was on the winner side of that. And now it's maybe the pendulum swinging back across. Tell me who your winners and losers are for this month. Well, I've got a total surprise winner for the month. Uh, it's uh, NPR. So they actually saw a big spike in traffic. And so that that's my winner for the month. My loser, my loser for the month is probably uh, TysonStockton.com. Since he hasn't been around for two months, he just deserves the beating that Google has nicely handed him. That's two months in a row. Two months for a row. And I'm just saying, like, let's see. Let's see what I leave for two months. You guys call me a loser. I come back. You're saying it to my face. I surprise you guys on the podcast. See? You, <laughs> had to know. you had to know you were going to be the loser of the month coming back on the podcast, getting back into the working world. I got a winner for you. This is my last podcast for a week. I'm taking my first vacation 
with no kids in like two years right after we finish this podcast. So does anybody else have winners or losers they want to talk about? Or can I get on with my vacation? Oh, let's get on with it. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with both Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor to Search Metrics, and our surprise guest, Tyson Stockton, international man of mystery from Search Metrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Tyson or Jordan, you can find their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes. You can contact them on Twitter. Tyson's handle is Tyson underscore Stockton and Jordan's handle is JT Cooney, J-T-K-O-E-N-E. You can visit Jordan's personal website, which is jordancooney.com and Tyson's is tysonstockton.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com awt. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing, insights in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.